Hello and welcome to the Album Nerds Podcast. I am Dude, I'm a sad dude, and I've got Andy here as well. Hey buddy, welcome to the show. Happy Friday. How you been? I've been better. I'm sure you have heard the news about Chris Cornell of Soundgarden and Audio Slave and Chris Cornell fame uh, <laughs> passing away. Yeah, it's sad. it is sad. It's that's a big childhood icon, big reason I got into music when I was uh, growing up, and unfortunately passed away at only fifty-three years old. Not not too not too old. Still had a lot of life left in him. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I've loved his music forever. And it's really sad that he's gone. He was on tour with Soundgarden. And, um, yeah, it's just sad. And it makes me, this song that uh, he wrote for Andrew Wood, Say Hello mm-hmm. to Heaven. Listen to that voice. Oh, God. What a shame. What a shame. Um, yeah, like the best male rock voice of our generation for sure, right? I mean, oh, God. He had like a four-octave range. The guy could scream his face off. I mean, I've talked about him numerous times on this show. We've only been doing this for six months. I've been listening, or whatever it's been, seven months. I've been listening to this guy for 30 years or something. And uh, Yeah. Yeah, that sucks. I was really sad to see that. I actually tweeted I hashtagged oh and everything. <laughs> <laughs> like a, that I did the is hashtag rip. Yeah, rip Chris Cornell. I, I did the Chris, hashtag yeah. that people were using. Yeah. So yeah. very sad. Did you uh did you look back on any old records today? I didn't have time today, but I listen to them all the time. Um one of the things we're gonna be talking about today actually will uh have some good news about some newer well older tracks I've never heard that are going to be available so we'll get into that in a little bit it's cool it's cool so Chris do say hello to heaven it sucks that you're there but hopefully they will enjoy your vocal stylings (laughs) up in uh, in the clouds yeah thanks for all the good memories man definitely gonna gonna miss you for sure but yeah only 52 52 52 yeesh uh, I wonder what happened to him, man. I mean, it's so surprising. He just he was he was on stage that that night, right in Detroit. Yeah. They were touring. Yeah, um, I don't. A couple hours later. Yeah, it's, I don't. Uh, I don't want to get. And I mean, there's all sorts of rumors and stuff happening right now, and I'm sure the whatever happened will come out. But it's just, I, I don't care how it happened. I'm just really sad that it did. So, uh, yeah, I mean, there's conjecture about all sorts of things right now. But yeah, I mean, let's I know, not speculate. I, but yeah. It's it's too bad either way. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I did not expect that. I mean, there was uh, there's supposed to be a Soundgarden album coming potentially this year, so not happy at all. Very sad. Anyway, so let's talk happy. Let's talk light <laughs> entertainment. Let's talk. I don't know, films, movies, exciting stuff. Action, adventure, explosions, whatever. Have you uh, today? I'm just gonna give people a little taste. We're gonna be talking about some movie soundtracks today, so why don't we talk a little bit about some 
movies. Anything good you've seen lately? Anything coming up you're looking forward to? Yeah, we still like to go to the theater maybe once a month or so. Um, my girlfriend and I are big big horror movie buffs. So we saw um, Get Out about a month or so ago. It's a really interesting psych horror film about... Uh, it's it's pretty bizarre. It's about like uh, turning black people into zombies, essentially. <laughs> what? What's psychor? What does psychor mean? It's like a psychological thriller slash horror. Okay. <laughs> psychor. Yeah. Okay. How about just a scary movie? That's what we used to call them. <laughs> yeah, that was actually it was really good. It's probably one of the best movies I've seen this year. Uh, so I'd recommend that. Get out. Uh, and today, I'm pretty excited. The new Alien, Alien Covenant, is uh, released. It's kind of a prequel to the, uh, the Alien films. And it's gotten pretty good reviews so far, so i got fingers crossed that'll be a good uh, a good summer blockbuster. Well, this time of year at the movies, you got uh, anything you're looking forward to seeing or anything you've seen lately? Well, I don't really... Uh, the last movie I actually went to the movie theater to see was... Um the Star Wars, not the Rogue Scout Squadron or whatever. But <laughs> Rogue one. Yeah. I want to see that, but it's, I wait. I wait until they're on, available online or whatever and watch yeah. them at home. It wasn't that great. So, But the one before that uh, was pretty good. Yeah. Force, Force Awakens, right? Force Awakens, yes. That one, I went, that's the last movie I went to see in the theater. I, Me and my wife actually watched that on TV a couple of weeks ago because she hadn't seen it yet. And uh, huh. it's really good. It's good. And we're more like, as a, we like the Marvel movies. Uh, okay. You know, so basically anything with any of those, you know, Wolverine or the even the, the Disney Marvel Universe, the MCU or whatever they call it, uh, We'll check that stuff out sometimes in the theater, sometimes at home. But we like the big explodey stuff. We don't watch a lot of kissing movies and people dying and crying <laughs> and all that stuff. It's mostly action-adventure stuff for us. We watch a lot of TV series. So movies are a nice treat once in a while. It's like dessert. After 12 hours of binge-watching some show, we'll, <laughs> we'll watch a movie. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. But, you know, I guess... I did watch a movie this week. Oh, yeah? In, in preparation, I watched the movie Singles this week. Oh, uh, you know, yeah. I actually hadn't seen that one. It's, uh, it was like a 90s, early 90s kind of coming-of-age drama love story, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, taking uh, place in Seattle, Washington. Filmed okay. in 91, released in 92. Nice. So, so right, in the, right in the grunge era. Yes. So let's let, let's call that a uh, nice little segue. That's our nicest one. We're going to be talking about today. Yeah. (laughs) That's good. Movies, movies, movies. Yeah. So we both picked out uh, one of our favorite soundtracks from our, from our years on the, on earth i just want to run through a couple like notable ones that we didn't pick that are also awesome i know you might have a couple others that we're not going to go in depth in but we do want to give like a quick shout out to um obviously had to mention purple rain you know we just did the show on prince a couple weeks ago 
Uh, that's probably the most famous soundtrack. Um, and you got the Beatles, A Hard Day's Night. Like, I think of soundtracks as music from a movie that tells a story, like a real story. Not so much like a big music video, which is what those Beatles ones kind of were, you know? Yeah, we got like... The, the movies where there's an artist prominently in the film, right? So they handle a lot of the soundtrack. And then you have kind of soundtracks that are more a collection of songs that fit the tone of the movie. And then you have like soundtracks that are more like scores of the movie that are mostly, you know, instrumental and more like additive to the film, right? You did your research, man. I had I read an article about the different types <laughs> of soundtracks. Nice job. <laughs> You're nailing them all. Well, you know, I listened to a lot of soundtracks this week. Um, I don't know. Did you ever hear the Blues Brothers soundtrack? It's kind of a... I sure did. Yep. Pretty good one. I don't love the film, but the soundtrack is pretty dope. Yeah, I've got that uh, on vinyl. Like, the, you know, it's just a blues album, really, you know, yeah. when you listen to it. So I pretty guess fun. the soundtrack... Yeah. Yeah, it is fun. Uh, and the movie grows on you. Yeah, you know what? Nice. Another another movie I just saw for the first time recently all the way through was Blazing Saddles. And I tried to watch it as a younger man and didn't <laughs> think it was funny, but I thought it was hilarious. Oh, nice. Although, nice. although quite uncomfortable <laughs> in terms of the racial <laughs> the racial tension. But that's oh, what they're yeah. making fun of. Right. But there are a few cringeworthy moments for sure. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, that's a good one. So, like, the history of soundtracks, I guess, like, 1937, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, the Disney film, was the first commercially issued film soundtrack on RCA Victor Records. Interesting. So, yeah, what it kind of had turned into in my life anyway, soundtracks like Footloose and this is in a different category, but Pulp Fiction and Reservoir Dogs and just Top Gun, when you would see a movie... It wasn't so easy to just see it again, like on video or DVD or or TV or satellite or whatever. Soundtracks sometimes, like the Grease soundtrack or whatever, Saturday Night Fever soundtrack was a way to retain the feeling of seeing that movie huh. at home. You'd get the record, the Star Wars uh, score. You could listen to the Star Wars music and the cantina scene, and you could... Right reimagine it and and experience it again because when you saw a movie you went to the theater you saw the movie you weren't probably going to see it again unless it was in the theater or on television because no one had vcrs until like you know late 70s early 80s people rich people had vcrs in the early early 80s i didn't have one until like 86 or something <laughs> so being able to you know movies some of the, like the big chill soundtrack for the baby boomers they loved that film and it had all the you know Marvin Gaye songs and whatever so they got to kind of reef you know feel what they felt when they saw the movie at home and that was at least soundtracks for me as I was growing up yeah that's a really good point man you know just listening to some of these soundtracks like a particular song will come on and you'll immediately get that visual image in your head of of that scene or what you how where you were when you watched it the first time and there's definitely a strong strong correlation there between the the films and and uh and the songs yeah one of the modern problems with soundtracks and i believe they still release them for movies but it's not i don't it used to be like the only way you could get that special song like if you wanted to right, listen to right. kenny Loggins' footloose if you want to listen to footloose at home 
You had to go buy the 45 or single if they had it on cassette at that point. They probably, yeah, they would have had it on cassette. Or, or you bought the soundtrack album and listened to all the cool songs on it. And But that's the only way you got that song. And I think that was part of it too, was you wanted to have that. You wanted to be able to listen to it. And it wasn't so easy as streaming. However, with the streaming, some of the older soundtracks on the streaming services are hard as hell to get your hands on because different record labels own the rights to those and the artists were from different labels so sometimes there's holes there's missing songs you can't even find it at all um so it's challenging to even find classic soundtracks in in their totality and being able to count on it on these streaming services like what both of the both of them that we're talking about today i've got missing pieces on the google play there's only the majority of the songs are there, but some are missing. Yeah, I had the same issue too. There were a lot of alternate versions for songs, you know, like extended releases and all that type of stuff too, where, you know, do you not really know, is this the right version of this? Or is this some expanded release that they put released later on? Or, yeah, it took a little while to piece these together, but we did. We got two two picks here for you. I was shocked at your pick. Really surprised by your pick, to be honest. Oh, really? So why don't you go first? All right, sure. Uh, So my pick is from the 2000 uh, 2000 film, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Directed by the Coen brothers. Um, It's... um, Film was fairly popular, but let's give you a quick synopsis. It was... It's uh, George Clooney, John Turturro, John Goodman takes place in Mississippi and Depression era, so like 1930s. Um, and it's basically Homer's um, Iliad kind Odyssey. of... Odyssey? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> I was going back and forth in my head, which one is this? Odyssey or Iliad? It's a fantastical story with lots of mythical type creatures, all taking place in modern day, though. And it's clear, it's funny... And one thing I, I never realized, having watched it a lot, you know, when it first came out, is how tied to the music it is. And really, every pivotal scene has a song that ties to it. Um, and the reason for that is they actually wrote the soundtrack, was produced before the, they even started filming any of the film. So um, T-Bone Burnett produced the record and recorded most of the songs with modern-day artists, with the exception of one, which was uh, Rock Candy Mountain, which is an older song from the 30s, actually. And the record is, is split primarily into two types of songs. You have, like, these funeral dirges, which are, like, a lot of times sound like like slave hymnal-type uh, songs. Mm-hmm. Very spiritual and then you have a lot of like um, more like folksy bluegrass songs, which are much more upbeat and happy. Uh, let's play one of those happy songs. This is uh, In the Highways, which is actually sung by George Clooney's characters, um, his daughters, who he had not seen in a few years. He had, he had left his family and he's just coming back and he happens upon them singing on the, uh, the town stage, singing this song, In the Highways. Somewhere working for my Lord 
highways in the hedges? Is that what they're saying? <laughs> yeah, it's like everywhere, everywhere I am, I'm working for God, essentially, right? It's a very happy, spiritual type song. What did, you, what did you think of this record in general? Have you heard it before? Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, so um, okay. I have some history with this album. So oh, the good. movie, yes, I saw it. I was working at a record store at the time, which is the majority of my early years. Um, the Man of Constant Sorrow was, of course, the, the the big song off of this. It was actually a legitimate radio hit at the time. So I'd work at my store, and people would come in. And, and so just to mention, the name of, of – uh, and I don't know, I assume you're getting to this, but the George Clooney and his cohorts, the the other ex- escaped prisoners, yeah. they – they form this band or the group that they go by as they're kind of they're on the lamb and they're pretending to be someone else is the the soggy bottom boys right 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 good yes so anywho and and this is a very this movie is weird as our coen brother movies and and, and it is good but man of constant sorrow was a song they did in the movie and it was a it, within the terms of the movie those the song was very popular with with other with uh, citizens of of the towns they were in, right? They became mm-hmm. a big smash hit. Big so hit. the song yep. was played on the regular country radio stations in the town I was living in, and people would come in and they'd say, "Um, I'm looking for Soggy Bottom Boys." I'm like, "Uh, okay, <laughs> let me take you over to the soundtracks." They'd be like, "No, they're country singers. They're old timey country singers. I heard them on the radio." <laughs> Man of Constant Sorrow. I'm like, yeah, it's made up for a movie. It's called Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? I can bring it to the soundtrack. No, it's Soggy Bottom Boys. Okay, sir or ma'am, because it came from all all people, would insist that they wanted a Soggy Bottom Boys collection because it was an old-timey band, and it... It was so frustrating. I I made us take a promotional copy. We opened a copy and put it in one of the... Because at the time, you had to put it in a CD player for people to use headphones. You couldn't actually... like. There's no computer scre- streaming. Right. And I would make people listen to it to prove that it was on the movie soundtrack. <laughs> Sounds like it had a pretty uh, serious effect on your job there. It was really popular. Really popular. <laughs> yeah. So, well, that song, good song. I really like it. And I really kind of solidified the movie for me when that, that scene comes on and George Clooney kind of just belts it out. It's not actually George Clooney, by the way, singing. It's uh, a man by the name of um, Dan Tyminski. Um, but anyway, there's four versions of that song on the soundtrack, which when I first saw the listening of her, I was like a little perturbed, like, oh, man, they just could put the song on here four times. It's actually pretty interesting. Two of them are vocal versions. Two of them are instrumentals, and they all sound very, very different from each other. It's kind of cool hearing some some modern day like folk artists um, pick a take on these these older songs. So it's cool, very cool. Um, the album was actually won the Grammy for Album of the Year in two thousand two. It went eight times platinum, so that's like eight million Ooh. sales. Crazy. Yep. But. Yep. Yeah, whatever. I still I love it. I have it on vinyl. I listen to it all the time. What? You have it on vinyl? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. For some reason, it strikes a chord with me. Uh, I really like the dirges and kind of like the old spirituals. Um, yeah, they're really 
I don't listen to that music a lot in my day-to-day life, but when I do, it's, it always really kind of pulls at my heartstrings. So let's play one more track. Um, track 14, Oh Death. Death. Won't you spare me over till another year? My mother came to my bed, placed a cold towel upon my head. My head is warm, my feet are cold. Death is a moving upon my soul. I think this uh, exposed a lot of people to music, a style of music they hadn't really heard before. And it's so human. It's so uh, real that I think I think that's why people responded so much to the soundtrack. I don't know how the movie did, but the soundtrack did excellent. <laughs> <laughs> well, I still watch the movie pretty regularly, too. It's uh, Yeah, good stuff. I Yeah. Highly recommend it. Like like I said, half the record is kind of those slower, sad, spiritual type songs, and then half is a little more upbeat and a little more fun to listen to. So yeah, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? In the year 2000. Highly, highly recommended soundtrack. Nice, nice. And mine is Singles, the movie from uh, 1992 that takes place in Seattle and covers the grunge scene and has all these uh, Seattle grunge later called grunge not at the time artists in the movie i happened to be doing that anyway before the news about chris cornell came out loved the soundtrack this so singles is basically a film that focused on the ascendant music scene in the early 90s in seattle had it's a you know matt dillon's in it one of the fonda girls is in it uh but it just was like, it was a movie about 20-somethings living in Seattle, living the single life, and trying to figure it all out. You know, you're kind of typical, your typical sort of 90s dramedy type of movie. Mm-hmm. However, it had awesome music in it, and it so Cameron Crowe was the director, and he started making this movie, I think... Maybe Nirvana had started the break. Singles, the movie came out in September of 92, and the soundtrack came out in June of 92. And between March 91 and June of 92, Seattle's scene had really started to explode. So when this was shot, these were just local artists excited to be in a movie with Cameron Crowe, who had done Fast Times at Ridgemont High. And since then, he's done a lot of other movies, including Almost Famous. But at the time, it was just really cool the happenstance, how this sort of all happened at the same time. In the movie, Matt Dillon's the lead singer of a band called Citizen Dick. His band members are Stone Gossard, Eddie Vedder, and Jeff Ahmet from Pearl Jam. And they are, like, Eddie's the drummer, and they don't really play or anything in the movie, but uh, I guess Pearl Jam was in the process of recording their album at the time, their uh, debut at the time they were shooting this, so they just played parts in the movie. They had little lines and everything. So when I'm watching this movie and these bands are starting to explode that I love, Soundgarden's in it, Allison Chains is in it. Uh, it's just like, it was amazing. The whole, the whole thing just kind of came together. So I always have loved the soundtrack. It's got Allison Chains Wood on it. What you know? What let's take a pause and why don't we, why don't we set set the tone. 
So they had live performances in this movie. So the characters are going to clubs to check out bands and Allison Chains is playing on the stage. Soundgarden's playing on the stage. Uh, it was great. It was just perfect for me. It, you know, what did you think? I mean, had you, you not seen the movie before, but you were familiar with the music or neither? I had not seen the movie. It was a little bit before my time. So I was a little bit young. <laughs> but you know i know a lot of these songs and it was it was cool hearing them all kind of grouped together a couple sprinkled in there that were new to me paul westerberg uh-huh he's, who is that he was the singer from the he's from the replacements you've heard of that okay yeah yeah sure yeah and he those are the more the very upbeat sort of uh Alt rock, almost Matthew Sweet style, sort of, ba 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 ba, a little lighter than than okay. the, and I think he's from Minneapolis. Okay, <laughs> it it was just time. It was some of the music is not Seattle music on the soundtrack, like Smashing Pumpkins are from Chicago, but it was uh, you know, youth, the youth scene and the Seattle sound and the Seattle scene all you know kind of mashed together. Yeah, yeah. I'll talk about uh, good cross marketing, man. I mean. <laughs> And I got these two things selling each other at that time. Well, okay, so Mother Love Bones on it, which is great. Right. Pearl Jam had two unreleased songs on this thing. So when this comes out, it's like uh, there's a song Breath and uh, and what's the other one? State of Love and Trust, which is a great tune. And it's yeah. like, oh, my God, there's new Pearl Jam songs that aren't on the Pearl Jam record. I've got to get this soundtrack. <laughs> yeah, it's got Soundgarden Birth Ritual, which is one of the screamiest. Probably there is an outtake, I think, from B- Bad Motor Finger. Oh, my God. It's probably their best. I mean, it's my favorite hard rock song of, of Soundgarden for sure. The Lovemongers are on this. They're members of Heart, the sisters from Heart, um, the Wilson sisters. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of which is married to Cameron Crowe, or at least was. Uh, yeah, Chris Cornell does an amazing song, Seasons. That's a solo track. Mod Honey is on this. You said Paul Westerberg. Jimi Hendrix is on this because he's from Seattle originally. Uh, Screaming Trees, Nearly Lost You. That was their big hit, but they're a Seattle band. They're really good. Yeah, 13 tracks of awesome, basically. So what did you think of the soundtrack then, like as a whole? Was did it? Was there Were there any holes? Did you discover something new? Do you bow at my feet because I picked another awesome thing to listen to? <laughs> well, it's fun. It's a fun listen. You know, it felt, as as is often the case in, with soundtracks, it felt like just kind of a collection of songs. I realized a lot of these, some of these at least, are unique to this to the soundtrack. But I don't know. It made me excited to go back and listen to some of these this music from this period. All right, I've got a quote for you, sir, Yeah, from an article that I read. All right, so the album itself was designed to be an anti-soundtrack, more like a souvenir and a simple mixtape of some of Seattle's finest. That's what yeah, Jimmy said at one time. That's totally what it is. That's a mixtape, yeah. He, he said it really was a tribute to those hardworking bands that welcomed him to their city with open arms. So now they're revisiting the soundtrack and you know record store day which i went to and bought um awesome stuff including state of love and trust with uh breath on the back on the b-side 45 of pearl jam because they're re-releasing the soundtrack on vinyl and it's coming to my door friday today i cannot wait because not only does it have the original 13 tracks 
or the original, is it 13? Yeah. Yep. Yep. The, the original 13 tracks. I've got to find this list on the vinyl. It's going to come with a CD that comes with Citizen Dick, Touch Me, I'm Dick, which has never been on CD before. That was their song. It's actually based on a Mud Honey song called Touch Me, I'm Sick um, by the the fake band <laughs> Citizen Dick. It's got So Chris Cornell, when they made this movie, they made a list of songs for Citizen Dick, the fake band, and he took it upon himself to write songs with those titles. Really? One of which was Spoon Yeah, one of which was Spoon Man, which became a Soundgarden song. Uh Seasons was another one, Nowhere But You. So it's called the so the the lead singer of Citizen Dick's name in the movie is uh Cliff Poncier. So this this was from a Poncier EP that he made. So there's all these Chris Cornell songs, some of which I've never heard that are going to be on this bonus disc, which is amazing. I'm so excited about that. Uh, like four or five of those. Allison Chains Wood Live, uh, uh, Ain't It Like That Live, Soundgarden Birth Ritual Live, some Paul Westerberg previously unreleased stuff, Mud Honey, Mike McCready doing a singles blues one, probably just guitar jam. Yeah, Chris Cornell, Ferry Boat Score stuff. I mean, this is loaded with stuff. I cannot wait. So the timing around all this is like poetically sad because I get to experience this new stuff. Oh, that's cool, though. Like, look forward to hearing how that sounds when you get it. Uh, yeah, good, good pick, though, man. Good pick. Definitely a yeah, nice capsule from that uh, that time period. So we got uh, we got the '90s, early '90s, as shown by the single soundtrack, and then we have Depression era, <laughs> 1930s. Yes, yes. On the uh, Oh Brother, we're out there soundtrack. Well. Yeah, and let's let's just take a little sample of uh, Seasons by Chris Cornell before we walk away and go to the next section because uh, it's awesome. See, buddy. Yeah, I'm. I'm very down about this. Yeah, I feel you. All right, man. Well, let's uh, let's transition. Do some propers. Robot lady on the way. Robot lady. I thought we killed her. She can never die, man. <laughs> Dismantled her and melted her in uh, liquid hot magma. Very well. I am a robot giving propers. <laughs> nice. What do you What do you got this week, man? What's uh, striking your fancy? Well, this is one of those accidental Amazon purchases. You know, they have they, <laughs> okay. have, they have the How deal of happen? the day. Well, they have the deal of the day or whatever, right? And you put it in your cart because it's like, oh, maybe I'll you know that looks kind of cool. I'll check it out later, and then you forget. Okay. And you, Maybe you go buy something else more like, oh, I need some new socks or whatever, okay? So next thing you know, you get your box and you've ordered everything that was in your cart, not realizing that you'd actually bought a thing. So that's what happened to me with the Hutu wireless travel router USB port, 
high performance, 10,400 milliamp hour external battery pack travel charger. <laughs> so, wait, it's all those things? It's a it router, is, a USB port, and yes, a battery? Yes. It's all those things. What? So, it was like $40 or something like that on Amazon.com. Um, and I got it after my last trip, unfortunately. It, it arrived when I was out of town. But basically, it's a little box about the size of a Bluetooth speaker, I'd say. It's pretty heavy. What it do is it's so you can hook it up to any router. First of all, it's got a it's got an Ethernet plug on it, right? So you can if you're at a hotel that just has old Ethernet network cable, you can plug it into this thing and then send out a Wi-Fi signal to your devices. That's cool. When this is connected to a DSL or modem, the, this tripmate thing becomes a regular wireless router, right? So I can connect to a hotel wireless and then or a Starbucks or whatever, and then it's my own private Wi-Fi powered off of theirs. So this thing connects to their Wi-Fi, and then my devices, where I have private information and usernames and passwords, are on my own private network. You can plug it. it so, oh, my God. So it's got USB media streaming. So like up to five or six devices can connect to this. If you connect a USB port to it with a movie, you can play the movie into this, and it'll broadcast it to all the all the connected devices. And then if your battery's low, this thing's huge. You can charge up your phone. It's got Chromecast support. Yeah, simultaneous media sharing. It's that's a really cool little device. I highly so this recommend. This is gonna work. This is gonna work if you're on Windows or Mac OS or Chrome OS or any of those. This is kind of plug and play. So when I when I yeah, there's a lot of instructions. When I set this up, I set up my own network username and password, just like you would with your home network. And then when I connect this. I pair it with the network using the app on my phone. I pair this up and then I pick up the Wi-Fi signal from this on my phone, my laptop, whatever. It's not a hotspot, but it'll let you have your own private network off of a public network. And that's awesome at places like hotels where they have, you know, the same username and password for everyone in the joint. All it takes is a smart person to sign up on that network and start snooping the other devices connected. So... Hutu, wireless, travel router, USB port, high performance, 10,400 <laughs> 10, milliamp hour external battery pack, travel charger. The trip may tighten. Not a hotspot. Go get it. It's cool. It sounds awesome. They got to work on the branding a little bit. Maybe shorten the name out for get an acronym or something. But it does sound pretty well, just cool. Look for, just look for the Hutu. You'll find it. H-O-O-T-O-O. Nice, nice. All right, actually, actually, have a product that I've been enjoying. Uh, if you're a gardener like me and my lady, we like to keep our vegetables well hydrated. Important this time of year as you're uh, thinking about getting your garden set up. I would highly recommend the uh, the Rainbird drip irrigation system. So what this is, is basically an automated way of watering your plants. You don't have to go out there with a hose every night and make sure that soil is nice and moist. Basically hook it up to your hose. There's a cool little timer, and it's all digital. It's a couple batteries in it, and it turns the water on and off for you at a set interval. 
And you hook up some smaller hoses to your garden hose and you can kind of water each plant individually. And you can even kind of determine, determine how much water each plant gets, you know, depending on if it's peppers or tomatoes, you know, they have like different amounts of water. You can get pretty sophisticated with it. It takes a little while to set up, but once you get it going, it is a lifesaver. You can be out of town and you don't have to worry about keeping your your plant's healthy. Cool. I remember a few years ago when you went out of town and I was supposed to take care of your cat and couldn't get into your house because... And you locked yourself out of my house? The, guitar, the garage door wasn't working right and then I couldn't find the key and then the key wouldn't work when I found it. And so thank God I didn't have to water your plants. Yeah, thank God the plants weren't dependent on you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all the more reason to get the, uh, the Rainbird drip irrigation system. It is awesome. Nice, nice, nice. Uh, okay, so that's gonna that's gonna do it for us. Those are a couple of propas, a couple of things we love that are not music related, unless maybe maybe that watering system gives you more time to listen to music. So, if you'd like to if you'd like to support the show, woo! Uh, the best thing you can do is leave the show a five star review on iTunes. That's five stars only if we deserve it, of course makes our show easier for other people to find uh, the more ratings are and we'd uh, love the feedback as well if we get some good ones some interesting ones we'll how about we read them on the show that'd be fun uh, yeah we could do that yeah so also feel free to share this podcast on your social networks tell a friend tell an enemy give them a phone call uh, send them do people poke on Facebook still I, I don't know I haven't used that in years but poke people do whatever it takes. Get the word out. Let's get some people listening to this thing and going to albumnerds.com. That's album nerds with an A, and the A stands for album. So I'm going to say, hey, Andy, do you have anything else to add before I say goodbye to all these fine folks? Because we're running a little long. Uh, no, thanks for listening. I'll catch you next week. Love you. He really does. All right. Have a wonderful week. Peace out. <sighs> Rip Chris Cornell. Say hello to heaven, buddy. Peace. Yeah. See ya.